Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 178 of the podcast, and today we've got Shanna Kennedy. Now, before we start and I start talking about Shanna, one thing I want to talk about is the power of conversation. Now, today's episode would have never, ever occurred if it wasn't for both my parents are very similar like this. They'll just talk to anybody. I think sometimes it scares people these days because we don't strike up conversations. But um, during two weeks ago at uh, TEDx Docklands, uh, my sister and my mother sat next to Shanna and um, throughout the day they were able to get into this really meaningful conversation and find out so much about Shanna and so much so I didn't even get to meet her on the day but now I have just I've been amazed by the work that she has done and her story and everything she's doing and I'm going to share that with you today but what I am going to say is don't forget the power of talking to strangers, and that is exactly what has come of today, and um, one of the better episodes I've ever been part of, because I know I sit here, I learn like you when you're listening, um, and Shanna just had a wealth of knowledge, information, and the one thing I love about her, she is so calm, and I know that is one thing that she brings across in all the work she does with her coaching, with corporates, um, with sports stars, you name it, she does it with CEOs, everybody, and the one thing I also love is her story, open and honest raw about burnout, about traveling, um, about a six-time author, bestseller, about getting those books out into the world, being a mother, uh, being a, uh, a, a wife. Um, there's just so much you can really take away from today's chat. And um, I don't want to give it all away, but one thing I will say is that it doesn't matter if you're four years old or 104 years old, Shanna is somebody that you can learn from. And exact that is exactly what you're going to get today. So guys, sit back, get a pen and paper, cup of coffee and a Tim Tam. This is episode number 178. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited here. I've got Shanna Kennedy with me. How are you today? I am great. Thanks for having me on your show. My pleasure. Now, I am so excited after meeting you a couple of weeks ago at TEDx Docklands, and I will give a little bit of a shout out here to my mother, Karen. She was the one that uh, really engaged with you, but I am really excited. You have got an amazing backstory and you've done so much incredible work. Um, so would you like to paint a little bit of a picture of your background? Sure, sure. Um, it was great to meet your mum in the audience. I sort of was sitting next to your sister and your mum and after you'd done your talk and it was it was great. I was like, wow, you've got such a fan club here. This is <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was great. And it was a really great talk. So congratulations to you. Thank you very um, much. My story is, is you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's that exciting, but it really is interesting to a lot of people because I didn't do the traditional route of, you know, school and uni and career. What I did was um, I finished school when I was 18 and I, I'd watched um, Wall Street, the movie, and I was really excited to become a stockbroker. I thought that <laughs> the Wolf of Wall Street, what a movie. Yeah, well, that was, that was um, Wall Street first. And so I went there and I got a job in the, in the dungeon, in the filing department, because I was one of those A-type people that said, I just want to work my way to the top. So I'm going to ring the HR lady every single day until she gets me a job. And so after about 15 days, she knew I was going to keep calling. So she just 
horrible job down in the dungeon with no no windows, nothing, doing filing. And within two years, I was the first girl to sit on the trading desk. And that was a really exciting time because that was, uh, you know, over 30 years ago. And there was no women around. So it was quite thought leading and groundbreaking. And they sort of said to me, well, you know, it's really good that you're here and you're doing a great job. But you're a girl and you're only 20 and you don't have a degree. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just go and get a bit older then. So I, <laughs> I packed up and I, I travelled the world for a couple of years and did a lot of things I probably should never have done and saw a lot of things I probably should never have seen. And I had a really incredible, incredible two years backpacking on my own and came back and got my job back. And that's when I realised it was like the Wolf of Wall Street. And I was in this environment that really wasn't making me feel good. I wasn't liking what I saw. Um, you know, it, it really wasn't great for a woman to be there. So I left the industry and got a job with a, a lawyer who said, I'll teach you how to run a business if you want. I'm running a sport business. So sports sponsorship where he had 10 of our country's best golfers. And he said, I'll teach you how to run a business from the ground up if you're interested. And me, yes, please, because I don't want to study. I just want to make money. I just want to <laughs> work. I want to work. I love working. I hate studying. So I, I found this little pathway for myself. So he taught me how to negotiate contracts and, and he taught me how to run corporate golf days and go on tour with the golfers and, and really run a really strong business. So I was very lucky to get that opportunity and run with it. And Bolle Sunglasses saw me at the golf and they said, we love how you do business. We need a sponsorship manager. And there was 200 athletes and this was a bit of a fake it to you make it, sink or swim and <laughs> take the leap of faith because I didn't know anything about all of these sports. But I knew about people and I knew about relationships. So I jumped in and I was probably the only female sports manager around who was in that sponsorship area. Um, so my job was negotiating contracts with, you know, our country's best athletes the Olympians, the cricketers, the beach volleyballers, the cyclists. So it's a really Jerry Maguire type job. And it was super exciting for a girl in her 20s because every weekend my job was to go and watch sport or fly to the Olympics in, in um, Utah or, or go to the Sydney Olympics or go to the Hawaii Ironman and, and support my athletes and become part of their families where I would know the mum and the dad and the dog and the girlfriend. I know everything. <laughs> so it was a really fabulous fabulous journey and I was really addicted to my job I was a type overachieving perfectionist and I did a fantastic job but it cost me my health so before I hit 30 I had burnout I had chronic fatigue that turned into depression because I couldn't go to work I couldn't drive my car I couldn't shower myself I really hit that burnout phase where you cannot push through anymore. You know, sometimes you have the days where you think, really shouldn't go to that party because I'm really tired, but you can push through. Yeah. I actually couldn't push through anymore. It was my body just said, I'm, I'm going to punish you severely for doing that to me for so long. Because I was also burning the candle at every other end, you know, trying to be a triathlete at the same time and <laughs> doing all the training and trying to have relationships. And, but, um, yeah, I had this incredible work ethic that came from my parents growing up. They were European and it was all about hard work. There is no reward with, without hard work. So it was sort of in my DNA, I suppose. And in that time when I was really sick, I, I was thinking about the athletes and 
20 years ago, nobody really cared about what happened to them after their sporting career. But I saw at the cold base, I saw the destruction, I saw the alcoholism, I saw the drugs, I saw the incredible depression that nobody talked about where you go from hero to zero overnight. Um, you, you are not your job, you are a whole person, but they had identified themselves as their sport. So I actually got myself a life coach to get through chronic fatigue. I didn't want to go down the whole, you know, chronic fatigue groups. I said, no, I'm going to go right through this. And, and um, I thought, wow, she was so incredible for me and so supportive and non-judgmental and gave me mini goals every day and made me look up all the time and look past chronic fatigue. Why am I doing that for my athletes? Because that's sort of what I was doing in my office for them anyway. So I studied life coaching 20 years ago when nobody had heard about it. So most people thought I was a complete fool. Why would you leave your Jerry Maguire job to be a life coach when we don't even know what that is? So it was a really tough time, even convincing my parents and, and my friends. None of my friends, they just thought I had rocks in my head. Like, why would you do that? But I really saw a niche and a pathway that I was very passionate about, which was, what is your plan B? And realising that you are not your job. Because when I was sick, my job continued. Someone else just stepped in. So it was really fascinating to learn that, you know, I was everybody's best friend because I had free sunglasses to (laughs) uh, no one's your friend anymore. It was a really big slap in the face to realise that that was your title. That's not who you are. So I studied the coaching and, and started to coach athletes into retirement. And then it turned very corporate very quickly because the corporate athlete has the same issue. If you're retrenched or you go through a restructure or you go through a transition or you go into retirement or you want to change industries, that transition can be really tumultuous for you and, and, and really, really cause chaos in your life. So, you know, all of a sudden I was on stages talking about who are you without your job and what's your life plan? And, you know, you need to have a plan running aside your career plan, not just, not just your career. You've got a whole life that you need to build um, that runs alongside that. So that's what I've Mm. I, I, that is, I've just taken so many notes here and I'm like, there's so many things I want to talk about. But one of them, the really big thing is there, you mentioned about obviously the judgment of people, of you stepping outside of the norm. You know, you had a great job. Why didn't you stick out and, and people judging you? How did you push through that and just back yourself in? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are probably listening and they've got a dream, but you know, they've got a secure job. They're safe, you know, but they don't, they don't have the confidence to sort of do exactly what you did um, because everyone does judge you. So how did you sort of overcome that? Well, it was, it was probably one of the most challenging things that I had to go through because people saying, well, why would anyone pay for, for you to talk to them? And it was really interesting. It was like, well, why do you pay for a personal trainer to take you for a run when you can go for a run yourself? Because you're going to get so much, your results are going to increase by triple by having a personal trainer. Um, And you're going to learn better techniques. And it was really hard for me to express it because nobody had expressed it before. It wasn't common language. And I had one person that believed in me. And that was my husband. And we weren't married yet. (laughs) So he was my fiance. And he was like, "I, I really believe, I believe in you. 
and I'm going to give you two years to go and really, you know, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to, you know, say anything. I want you to follow your heart for two years and see what you can create. Wow. If it all doesn't work, go and get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's, that is amazing. And it, it does often take one person to believe in you. But then also it is hard to listen to that one person when you've got another 10 other people saying, you've got rocks in your head, you're silly. So I, I think that's, um, you still were the one that backed yourself in. And I've, do you, do you yeah. often come across people now that you share your story? And I know everyone's got a dream or they've got a goal or something they want to do, but they're just scared to do it. Well, we're all scared and fear. Fear is what keeps us alive. And I think it's about harnessing your fear and turning it into excitement to say, I've got myself this amazing project and challenge. And when we go into our emotional state, we create all of these stories. And for me, it's about, no, no, keep your eye on the prize. What's the outcome that you want? What is the purpose of doing this? And what is my massive action plan? And I just think like that. Outcome, purpose, massive action plan. Mm. outcome I really wanted people to have a plan b because life is not sure you know you you could get dropped from the team you could lose your job you could get sick what's your plan b who are you without your job was so inspiring to me because I realized that without my job I didn't know who I was you know I had 300 emails a day and everyone thought you were fantastic because I had like you know, $100,000 of sunnies to give away and a big budget to spend. So you, you're really popular to, oh, the phone's not ringing and there's no emails. Mm. There's such a big drop that if you're not grounded and you haven't done the work on yourself and you have, don't have that calm confidence in who you are, um, I think that's the recipe for people going into a depressive state or getting some mental health issues or anxiety because they're not grounded in who they are. They don't look in the mirror and love what they see. They might like, love their job title. That's their coat, but they, it's, we've got to go in a lot more and do a lot more work on the inside. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point because there are so many people that their identity is their work or their title or their mm -hmm. job. And um, I see it a lot where people I know or family or friends that um, they're so focused on their career that they sort of forget that they've got to live a life as well. Is that sort of what you were seeing in, um, and you probably still see it today? I see it every day. Yeah. Um, I see it every day and I'm like, wow, you, you know, I catch the people that fall over, but I also work with all the people that have the dream. So I had a co I employ a coach every year. I still have a coach. And I change my coach every year. You cannot coach yourself. And we need coaches for different reasons. You know, sometimes you need a personal trainer, but not maybe all the time. And sometimes I need a speaking coach and sometimes I need a positive psychology coach. And sometimes I need a pure business strategist to work with me on my business. So what I do is I always remember what it feels like to be coached where we can hold someone's hand if nobody believes in their dream. And we can keep them focused on the outcome and the purpose because that drives your action plan. Mm. And you know the reason why you're getting up in the morning and you know what your values are because you've done the work on them. So if you know your values and your vision and your purpose in life, that, that sits at the top and your career sits under that. So for me, I teach my clients that you work for the business of you. And if you work for Macquarie Bank, Macquarie Bank works for the business of you. You don't work for Macquarie Bank. Mm. 
And when you see yourself as the asset and the business and the most powerful person you can work for, which is yourself, which is your best friend, then everything takes on a new perspective and a new vision moving forward because that's just what I do. I just go, I just go to work and I love it and I want to be my best and thrive. But it's actually, this is a part, a story of my life. So I want to really be clear on what are my values? Where is my roadmap? What am I doing to create a life outside of my career? What are my hobbies? Where are my networks? What are my friendships? What am I interested in learning? What's my financial plan? What's my health plan to support my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health? That's who you work for. And your job's what you got to do. Yeah, I, I, it's so true. And I think it all comes back to, Shanna, that it, it, you know, you, you have to have fun every single day and you, and you have to have joy. And that's not just in your job. You need that, but you need to have it in your life as well. So if you don't have the right balance between both, then one's going to suffer. And, and too often we see, you know, people that they think it's just all about their work. And we're so contactable now by our devices that we feel we need to be working 24 seven and things like that. So when you talk about burnout, because it is something that's becoming, it's not a craze, but it's reality and it's happening to a lot of people. Um, what, what are you seeing when people hit rock bottom? How do, how do we get out of that? What are, what are some strategies or dealing mechanisms or routines that um, you've seen that have worked really well, particularly for yourself and then other people you've worked with to overcoming that and start fulfilling a better life? Mm, well, there's a couple of things. Um, one is we need boundaries to protect the asset, which is yourself. So w- what we find is people with burnout, you know, they, they say, oh, no, I have, to, I have to do my work at night in bed. You know, like what? <laughs> Alarm bells. So I, I, told, I coach CEOs, top lawyers, accountants. They, they go to bed with their laptop. Oh, no. One of the first things that we do is say the bedroom must be technology free because your brain needs a chance to actually process everything from the day. And if you're just stuffing in more things right before it goes to sleep, it'll pass out because it's tired, but it'll wake up at two in the morning and it's going to process for you. Mm. it's going to make you process everything and people say oh i use my phone as my alarm and um so on the flip side of that what's the first thing you touch in the morning your phone phone to turn your alarm off so you just set off a stress response in your body before you even got out of the doona so in my house and with my clients there is no technology in the bedroom so we have alarm clocks my kids have alarm clocks. They're not allowed to sleep with their phones. They're 14 and they're 16 and at 9.30 at night, I take everything. So I'm pretty mean mum. That's, that's great um, though. You've got to be though, don't you? Yeah, I'm the meanest mum in the world. You should hear. <laughs> I can um, imagine. But, but I, my job, I feel my job is to protect their sleep and their mental health. So my kids sleep like babies. Um, they, they don't have any anxiety. You know, it's just you can't sleep with that stuff next to your head. So one of the boundaries is, you know, there has to be a little bit of a technology curfew for yourself or boundary for yourself. Um, and other boundaries are, you know, we're not we, at 9.30, you know, we're all allowed to watch TV and we can be a family, but you don't want four people sitting on the couch. They're just scrolling. That's not communication and that's not family and that's not human connection. 
If we're all watching the same show and we're talking about it, that's connection. If we're all on very different pathways on the couch with our devices, you're actually not having any connection whatsoever. So it's really about what are the boundaries I'm going to set myself. You know, for me, when I work, I've got a home office, so I can work 24 hours a day. It's fantastic. But I have to make sure I close and open that door. You know, I don't, I don't open it before 8 a.m. And at 6 p.m., it's got to be closed. And whatever I do in here in that day, I've got to be as efficient and eat the frog and fully engage. But outside of that, you've got to let go. You've got to let go. Um, so another really great tool that we teach is what are your bookends of the day? So that means how you start the day and how you finish the day to really help protect the asset, which is yourself. The first and last hour of the day are the most powerful for yourself. And in between, it's, there's a lot of other people involved and a lot of, you know, a lot of weather involved and, and meetings and things that may be out of our control. But the first and last hour of the day, you're usually in control. So what do you do in the first and last hour that really refuel you and nourish you and reground yourself? So what do those routines look like? So for me personally, before I get out of bed, um, well, today starts yesterday, so my clothes are already out on the floor for exercise. So before I even get out of bed, I do some breathing, I set my intention for the day, and I find a bit of gratitude for, you know, aren't I lucky I've got this amazing bed. And then the first thing I have to do is exercise. And for me, it's either walking, yoga or weights. So I go to the gym, I've organised my friends, I've booked the yoga class or whatever I'm doing. That's done the night before. So for the first hour, I am moving. And then I come home. Yeah, and then I come home. It's non-negotiable. And then I have to drink my half a litre of water in the shower. I've got some more breathing work to do in the shower. Um, and then I really um, reprogram my brain in the shower. So, you know, your brain is a computer. So for me, my brain says I'm tired because I live with chronic fatigue and I have to manage it. And I also live with depression and have to manage it. So I have to manage the computer, which is your brain. So every morning I'm typing in the program and telling myself what my affirmations for the day are, etc., so that I don't let all the viruses in, you know, that old way of thinking or blame game or anything like that coming in. I reprogram the computer. And then I wake up my kids. So that's how I start the day. So I already feel like a winner. In the evening, it's also about what is your routine that really supports you to sleep properly because sleep is our medicine. And so many people warm up with coffee and cool down with alcohol and they, they take a lot of pills. But if we have these nourishing and nurturing routines for our sleep, we won't get all the side effects of taking the pills and having the alcohol. So the nighttime routine for me is pretty simple. It's after I do the dishes from dinner, I basically quickly go and I brush my teeth, wash my face, um, do my affirmations, look in the mirror really closely to the mirror and really thank myself. That was a great job today. You know, you did well, whatever, whatever. Bit of conversation with your friend, which is what makes people really powerful. You can see boxers do it, you know, um, in the movies, you know, they go and talk to the mirror and they rev themselves up. Then I write my three gratitudes for the day and then I go out back out to the family in my pyjamas and perfect. What a great way to end the day. Just spending that 15, 20 minutes, you know, 
for myself and then I do some stretching in front of the TV. Fantastic. That's, but yeah, that's, take all of those pillars away, you are on the treadmill. Yeah. You are doing the same thing all the time that is quite destructive. So they're my big protection vaults. They're the, the boundaries that support me um, where I can't be going and doing work and I can't be doing more and thrashing myself even more. You know, it, there's a basic structure and a foundation that makes sure I never go back into that that horrible burnout stage. Yeah. I, I was just sitting here and... and I've got exactly the same processes, a little bit different, and I'm sure people, you know, that they've find what works for them, Shannon. So um, do you try with your clients, with people you're working with, do you try and figure out a routine for everybody? Like you just said, because if you start the day the right way and finish the right way, um, normally the middle of the day goes accordingly. Whereas if you start chasing your tail and you finish the same way, you're on the rat race, like you just said. So is one of the big things that you try and do with people is figure out, you know, what is their routine and what's going to work best for them? Yeah, absolutely. And it's all tailored. And what's your non-negotiables? You know, I think that, you know, and managing their time and their energy. So really using their diary to look six weeks ahead and think about, oh, that week's overloaded, so what could I do? Or there's no joy in that week, what could I do? And to be the driver and stop being the passenger in life. And it becomes a really exciting project when you work for the business of you because you are the designer. And what we want to create is calm. Calm, clarity, purpose and direction in our life. And when we can do everything to try and do that, life is great. Life is wonderful, even if we have, for someone like me, chronic fatigue and depression, I have a structure that really supports that. I've got the right supplements. I've got the right things from the naturopath to support my body and the right you know, acupuncturist to support my body to be able to do all the things that I want to do. It doesn't just happen. It's a wonderful creative process where the foundations of that house are rock solid. They're not just... It doesn't just happen. So it's really what is your plan to protect yourself, to, to really nurture and nourish the asset so that you can thrive? Yeah, I think that's really important that nothing just happens overnight. Like you don't just build a house in one day. You don't just um, learn a new language in one day. You know, it takes time. And I, and I feel that's exactly the same with our bodies, our minds and everything we're doing, that you need to invest that time in yourself daily. Otherwise, you're not going to be in that happy, safe, you know, place at work, at home and with your family. So now that people are listening, Shannon, and they're like, I want to be able to read, listen more of what you're saying. You've got six books out. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Because that is crazy. I know, I know. I, <laughs> wow. I, it's really funny. And I, I tell you how it started because I'm not a writer and I never went to uni. Um, didn't do that well in English either at school, which just proves you can do anything you want, really. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, the first book that I wrote was called Simplify Structure to Succeed, which is all about what I do. You know, I really love making the complex simple, creating a structure then to support yourself and what are your strategies for success. And so I self-published that book and it cost me a lot of money and we had 5,000 books in the rumpus room and I freaked out because I was like, oh, no, I've just made all this debt for my family. And my husband's like, 
I'm trusting you to sell all of those books. <laughs> yeah, they need to be sold. <laughs> they need to be sold. And, and my son, he was very small at the time, he put this little note under my pillow and he, he's got a stack, he'd drawn a stack of books and he put 5,000, no worries, mum. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That changed my world because he said, if we can't sell them, don't worry. We're just going to walk around the streets and pretend it's just like the, the koala, the, you know, the, the chocolate drive. <laughs> <laughs> the Cadbury chocolate drive. <laughs> and I was like, he's got a solution. You know, he's <laughs> how to get rid of these books and there is no barrier for him. So why am I creating barriers? Anyway, I ended up selling about 20,000. So I had to do reprints and it was fantastic and sold them into corporates and they just loved it. So it was good. So I went to Penguin and I said, I really want a Donna Hay looking cookbook, but for life skills. I want them to look beautiful. I don't want a book where people just read it and it's gone and they never finish it because it's too long. Donna Hay for me was simple cooking. You know, there was a beautiful picture, lots of white space, and this is how you do it, like A, B, C and D. So they thought I was quite crazy. So a lot of publishers went, no way. And one lady who I met from the cookbook section, she said, I want to give it a go. So I just kept trying. You know, I just didn't give up on my dream, which was to create a really beautiful book that would be a coffee table style book, but was so educational and, and was so um, inspiring for you to want to work on your life plan. So I called it the life plan. And we had incredible photography done for it and it's now sold, you know, 100,000 copies and it's going into other languages and, and that's fantastic. So, yeah, it's amazing what you can do. And, and the way that I write them, which is really quite interesting, is different to everybody else because you have to curate for yourself. Is most people sit and write and it takes them a year to write a book. And I said to my husband, I'm, I'm sitting in cafes trying to write and pretend I'm Sarah Jessica Parker and it's not working. <laughs> And I'm sitting here at home pretending I'm Sarah Jessica Parker and it's not working. I'm, I'm getting distracted by the dog and I'm putting the washing on. I said, I think I need to go away. And he said, oh, okay. Uh, so I went away. He said, I'll, I'll, go, I'll give you four days. Go away for four days and see what comes out of your brain. So I wrote the entire thing in four days. Wow. And it was a little bit like the Majerian Maguire type movie. I don't even know if you've seen that. I have seen it, yes. I was that sweating person in my pajamas at night and it was flying out of me and I just didn't want to stop and I found a flow. And once you find a flow, sometimes you look up and you've been writing for five hours. And I really got into what I was trying to communicate and, and so I thought that's my writing style, you know. I just dump and I run. So what I did was I put it all together, sent it to the publisher and she just said, I don't want to touch it. It's perfect. So I was just lucky that that happened. And then um, I think I spoke to you before about after being in my business for 15 years on my own, um, speaking and writing and traveling and, and doing all the coaching, I, was, I actually get become quite lonely because there's nobody really to share the experience with. And when you travel by yourself and speak, you become, you know, quite stressed because you become judgmental of yourself. Did I do a good job? Oops, I didn't say that. Big time, um, big time. Yeah, that, then that, that, I can relate much, to that. Yes. Yes. How much did you critique yourself afterwards oh. about you could have done that better? Or, and I was like, this is crazy. 
Um, and I think it's time for me to have a bit more fun. So I created the second business, which is The Essentialists. And I met a girl, in the, in the, another mum in the schoolyard, and we said, let's go and have fun together. And she was a wellness specialist and I was a life specialist, a strategist. So we put together this program called The Masterclass of Wellness. And it absolutely took off and went crazy. So what happened was, all of a sudden, we found ourselves going to the Macquarie Banks and the Deloitte's and the Commonwealth Banks and running national tours. So we were living on planes, having a fantastic time. When you share the load with somebody else and you collaborate, you don't stress. We're having a, you know, a cup of tea just before. We're not even really thinking about what we're about to do because we know our stuff. And then afterwards, we never critique. We walk away going, that was great fun. And that's it. Mm. Whereas if you're on the plane on the way home on yourself, you know, you're like, oh, you know, do you think they really liked it? That doesn't happen when you're a duo. You just go, we, we rocked that. That was fun. And, and, you know, yeah, we could have said that a little bit differently or whatever. It didn't exactly go to our notes, you know, but they don't know what the notes are. So why don't we just embrace that everyone was engaged and it was a great experience and, and not nitpick at ourselves. So the last five years has been phenomenal. And what we did is started to co-write. So I'm only writing half a book and she's writing the other half and we critique each other's work and change it so that it's the flavour of both of us all the way through. And those books have gone into Russian and Chinese and Turkish and Dutch. Wow, that's that's yeah. that's incredible. And no, it's really fun. I, I know I've I've um you're very kind and sent me a copy of the life plan and I will say I was blown away by how well it's laid out. I was it was incredible, you know, the photography, the design. Um and I can really see what you mean about it is something you just pick up, it is very appealing, it is very attractive, and it would be great on a coffee table. And and not only that, it's not just pictures, there's there's information that you know you might be feeling a certain way a certain day and it would be exactly what you need. And you can read it within five minutes and then go and go about your day. Yeah, because I I don't I write for my type of audience, which is, I can't sit and read a whole book. I just can't. I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not an academic. <laughs> so I like summaries and I like get to the point and I like teach me how it will affect me in my life very quickly. So I want the simple solution. I don't want the whole gourmet breakfast. I want the boiled egg. I want the real nuts and bolts of it. So that's the way that I write so that, I can connect with so many more people because we don't all want to know the full academic side behind one little skill like breathing. Just teach me how to breathe so that I can feel calm, so that I can reduce anxiety. I, I just want to teach people the real practical life and wellness skills that have incredible results without having to go into all the fluff. Yeah. And I think realistically with people's, it's like, um, videos these days you know people will only watch 20 seconds of a video because their, their time span or their, their attention span they they just don't want to watch it. and i think it comes back to everything in life if you can have something that gets results straight away um it'll be impactful and then you can put it into your day and that's exactly what i've seen from the life plan so i'll have links in the show notes for that so guys listening go and check it out now shana before 
go because I'm aware of the time and I know you're an extremely busy lady. Um, I've got a couple of questions that I always like to finish off my interviews with. And um, one of them is if you could look back from everything you've done, um, you know, Wolf of Wall Street style, working for Bolle, traveling around the world, having a family, presenting to thousands of people, writing six books, everything like that. If you could go back to 18 year old Shanna and give yourself one bit of advice, what would that be? Uh, it would be trust your instinct and don't make up a story. So really go into your belly and go, yeah, I think I'd like to write a book and forget the story about why you can't because you're not good enough and you don't know enough and you're not a good writer and you weren't good at English and you don't have a degree and just actually do it and see what happens and see where it takes you. And it might take you to a dead end, but it might also take you to somewhere else. So for me, I, I feel like I'm just beginning. I'm, I'm really excited about the next chapter for me and the next decade as we're, we're in 2020. So there's a whole new decade here at our fingertips. Where will we be at 2030? We should have a podcast conversation in 2030 to I see would, what happens. I would have, let's do it. I would absolutely love that. We're in March, so we'll lock that in yeah, for sure. That <laughs> I reckon we could maybe do one in between that as well. It's a, a long time, 10 years, but um, I love that. And I think too often people are worried about failure and if it doesn't work out, but that's how we learn. And I think exactly what you just said there, that you've got to try things, otherwise you're never going to develop. You're never going to see what you're really made of. And I love that bit of advice. So I know, Shannon, before we were recording, we are talking about how you've got this new lease on life. And um, I thought, does that sort of lead into the legacy that you want to leave now? Like, I know you've already got this amazing legacy and you've done such great work, but what do you want to be remembered for when it's all said and done? I want to be remembered as the voice of calm, that clarity and purpose and direction and the really grounded part of ourselves is the most important business to work on. And, if I can be the face of that, that's fantastic to say you are not your job and to remind people to really go in and develop themselves as a whole person, that their life journey will just be so much smoother that way because you're with yourself from your first breath to your last breath. You're the only person that's with you 24-7. So you may as well become friends with that person. You may as well be kind <laughs> to that person. You may as well protect and have some boundaries for that person for longevity. You know, we, we're going to be living longer. So we need to really look after ourselves and we need to be in touch with, you know, the treadmill and, and press pause when we need to. You know, my husband and I, we did a sabbatical with our kids where we took six months off and he's a CEO. So it was really scary for him to just walk away. And for me, I had to walk away from my business that I just built up. And we spent six months in the US in the RV. And that's wow. because we did some great planning because we thought that's a really important thing to do in life. And if you haven't thought about your life and you're just on the treadmill, amazing life experiences don't just walk up to your front door on a silver platter. We actually need to plan them as part of your life plan. So what experiences do you want to have, you know, pre-children, when you have children, post-children, What's going to happen to your body in this next 10 years? What do you want to prepare for? You know, for me, I'll be in 60 in 10 years. So what does that mean for my body? What I want to be agile, which means I go to yoga now. I do headstands now because I want to do headstands at 60. <laughs> so if I want to be great at golf at 70, I need to maybe go to the driving range and get lessons now. We need to be 
We need to be so excited about the business of our own life that it's really easy to create boundaries for work. Mm. And I, I totally agree that don't live, um, and I call this the gonna thing, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do it in the future, but we actually need to start putting things into place. So it does come reality, you know, and um, I think one of the things that I've got in common with you, Shana, is that the power of traveling um, and the lessons you learn from, they're so much more powerful than, you know, studying at uni or reading a doing a course, what you learned from traveling, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you've got the same thing because you wanted to do that with your kids as well. So what is, just to finish up here before, like the power of traveling, what has it given you in life? Oh, it's like, it, it's like it opens the, the playground up for me. You know, it's like you're on the Ferris wheel the whole time. And when I travel, it's like I got off the Ferris wheel and I saw all the other rides, you know. <laughs> with my kids, like traveling in an RV, the education that I gave them in that environment and um, meeting people in RV parks, which is one of the most incredible, interesting experiences that you can do for yourself, is going to you, uh, RV parks and, and talk to people is they saw so many different types of people in life. Um, and we're on the road and there's, we're going into those really big rocky mountains and, and going to rodeos and fishing and biking. And just, they still talk about it today and it's eight years ago. Um, I think that traveling for me is creativity and it makes me get out of my brain, out of my comfort zone, out of my little bubble that I might get trapped in. And it keeps you on your toes. It really keeps you on your toes. You, you, you've got new inspiration the whole time. You've got new environments, new climates, new cultures that help, help you become a bigger, better person. That, that, that's for me. So I don't go to the Boxing Day sales. I save my money for my travel. <laughs> yeah, good. And I think, I think like we just mentioned, that we are both very fortunate to live in Melbourne, in Australia, in one of the best countries in the world. Um, when you do travel, it's a really gratifying experience that you, it really sort of makes you sometimes think, why was I complaining about this? Or why was I worried about that? When some of the things you see overseas, it, it just really hits home. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's fantastic to go but it's even better to come home. Oh, that's, I, I actually agree with that. <laughs> when you come home, you go, wow, that's another life experience that's made up the story of me. Sometimes they're really great, sometimes they're not so great, but they make up the story of you. And your life experiences on your life plan, they, they are what makes you who you are. So we need to spend a little bit of time thinking about them and being able to articulate your story because we're all incredible. We're all unique. Every single person you've had on your podcast, I've been listening to. Amazing just to hear their stories because we learn from each other and we feel like we belong when we hear other people's stories and we connect with someone over one tiny thing. So the life plan is about knowing your story, being able to express your story, but also planning a part of your story so that you protect yourself and so that you you don't go, oh, we forgot to have a sabbatical with our kids yeah. because we're so there is no forgetting there is planning there is building excitement into your life there is building joy there is having things to to aim for you know i'm taking a group to the camino trail in october where there's 10 of us going and i coach them as we're walking for eight days 
So that's because I created that. I, I, I want to travel and I want to coach people while we're walking. I want to go into their outcomes and their purpose and their values and their vision. And while they're walking and we can sit under trees and we can journal and, and make it all happen, um, I think that that just doesn't come to you. That's what you go and create because you want that for yourself and you find the right people to make that happen with you. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I did, I did see that you were doing that. And I, I love the idea of walking meetings or walking and talking. Or um, one thing I love doing is called an empathy walk where you just go with somebody and one person just talks for five minutes, the other person listens and then you repeat. And I think that's a really powerful thing that people can do that sometimes it's nice just to listen and you don't actually need to say anything. And, and like you just said, that coaching doesn't have to be done in a classroom learning doesn't have to be done in a classroom or four walls and um, sometimes out in nature when you're moving your body you get the best results and benefits of that so Shanna where can people reach out to you after this podcast because you have just blown my mind um, sitting here where can people reach out and find more about you or contact you and just thank you for everything you've done today uh, yeah great well I'm on Instagram Shanna Kennedy S-H-A-N-N-A-H Kennedy or the website which is shannakennedy.com Perfect. It'd be great to hear feedback if anyone's got questions or, you know, wants some planning templates. I have a 20-year plan. I have a seasonal plan templates that, you know, we can share with, with all the listeners, if you like. I can send them to you. Yeah, if, if you do that, that, that'd be great. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I do 12-week plans, which are seasons. So we're in autumn. So I've just done the autumn plan. And then next autumn, I'll look at what I did this autumn. And I've already got blueprints. That, you know, I know that works. I know that doesn't work. So you really are working for the business of self, if that makes sense. I'm not working for the Shanna Kennedy brand. I'm actually working for how can I, how can I be really whole and happy and calm and confident because I've done the work on myself. Mm. Oh, that, that would be brilliant and I will uh, guys this is episode number 178 and I will have links for those in the show notes so if you go to energetic.education forward slash podcast 178 with Shanna Kennedy um, you can go in and get those and as I said reach out because um, this has been amazing and grab the life plan if you're after a present for a family member or just have something beautiful on your coffee table I know that mine is sitting there now and I absolutely love it so Shanna thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and um, I better give a shout out to my mother as well, Karen, for um, constructing this conversation and making it happen. I, I really appreciate it. And I know so many people will get so much out of this episode. So thank you very much. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, everybody needs to remember that there is a voice of calm within them. And if they just could become best friends with themselves and want to really care and nurture that person, you know, we can avoid a lot of the a lot of the chaos in our life. So true. What a lovely way to